Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Governor J.B. Pritzker this week began touring the state singing the praises of Illinois' more than $50 billion budget. He's most proud of the increase in education funding. But Republican lawmakers aren't proud of the fiscal 2024 spending plan. In fact, they probably have a pretty dim view of much of what's going on in the state capitol these days. Well, this weekend, we're going to get the view from the GOP side of the aisle with one of the folks they call the Four Tops. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guest this weekend is one of Illinois' top lawmakers, House Republican leader Tony McCombie. She is the first female GOP leader in the history of the General Assembly. Uh, the state Senate broke that barrier years ago. Uh, she represents the sprawling 89th district in western Illinois along the Mississippi. Her hometown is Savannah, where she was also the mayor for a time. She defeated an incumbent to win her House seat and she ascended to the post of House Minority Leader after her predecessor, Jim Durkin, decided not to seek another term in that position after the difficult 2022 elections. It seems to be a modern political tradition uh, these days when things get really tough, turn things over to a woman to fix it. Uh, Leader, Leader McCombie, welcome. Well, I don't disagree with that statement, Craig, at all, but I, I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure that Leader Durkin would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Leader Durkin and I are, are, are old buddies. He's been on this program many times and, uh, and uh, no, he's, he's a good guy and, uh, and did a lot of really good stuff. And that was just a really awful year. Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. Absolutely. We, we miss him and uh I'm kind of mad at him that he didn't come visit us this year but we'll hopefully get him next year let's start with the state budget uh, according to house speaker chris welch's office the budget bills on the series of credit rating upgrades illinois has gotten and allocates an additional 200 million dollars in pension payments there are hundreds millions more in education funding there's 20 million for an initiative to expand grocery access to underserved rural towns and urban neighborhoods in case anyone thought that food deserts were just an inner city problem. So, uh, Leader McCombie, what's not to like? Well, (laughs) the budget is the most important thing that we do vote on uh, every year. And I hope that there is a budget presented at some point uh, that we as uh, the House Republicans can vote on. And not just to pick and choose a couple of us, but to vote on um, as a caucus as a whole. This year, uh, a combination of things, there are some good things in a budget. There's good things in every budget, because if we didn't have a budget, 
we wouldn't be uh, funding education, pensions, our most vulnerable healthcare. Uh, but there's things in it that we um, are unsure of. One of the you, you mentioned at the beginning in your entry, your um, opening about Governor Pritzker's uh, education funding. Everybody can support that, right? The the concern I have and our caucus has, and I brought forward to the governor with his smart um, um, start smart start program, uh, which is two hundred and fifty million dollars this year. A question I brought up during the debate was. What is it going to cost on the sec on year two, year three, year four? How are we going to make this new program sustainable with the unknowns of our revenues? So, for example, the budget that was presented um, gives about a hundred million dollars play from the difference of uh, the revenue estimate of 50, uh, 50 billion, like fifty point seven billion and I think the spend is roughly fifty point six billion right around there. And uh, that gives us a hundred million cushion. But we have uh, an unknown uh, with revenues, with recession. Uh, we already know revenues have been down. Uh, we don't know what the there was no April surprise this year. Uh, both the governors uh, budget folks and others were, are concerned about the unknowns of the recession and, and where that's going to go. But we have an AFSCME contract that's not accounted for that could run um, anywhere from 200 to 300 million. So right away, we're in the hole there. We have concern with uh, the um, undocumented immigrant uh, cost under Medicaid. So when that was originally estimated, uh, when this was expanded last General Assembly, uh, I believe the estimate, don't quote me, Craig, but I think it was $280 million was the estimate. And we are discovering through HFS uh, that it's actually $1.1 billion. Well, that was kind of a political football as you watched at the end of session because nobody wanted to hold anybody accountable for that error and also for that growing population uh, with us being a sanctuary state with that growing population that that growing cost that is unmatched with the federal government so strictly um, our bill to pay and what ended up happening, um, because the way the bill was drafted is that it was a may, not a shall, uh, but there again, it's a program that has been started. So how do you all of a sudden stop it um, without causing potential harm? So again, the, the legislators um, put it on the governor uh, through emergency rules, he's gonna have to figure out this problem. And that could be a combination of premiums, which is not wanted by some of the, the members of the, of the DEM caucus. Um, that could be deductibles, that could be going through a managed care. Uh, there's certainly ways, but that being said, there's still that piece um, from age 19 to, I believe, 45, that is requested to be expanded. Um, 
the Republican caucus has asked for, uh, and I believe it's leader Ryan Spain is, is carrying um, these bills, is that we do an audit and uh, we do have a moratorium on um, any expansion of the program until we really know what's going on. There was also a, a raise in the budget that we believe was unconstitutional, uh, a raise for legislators, which blows my mind, Craig. Think about this. Here we are. People are suffering all around the state, and they write in that we as legislators get a 5.5% increase. Um, and constitutionally, we're, we're not supposed to get any sort of uh, increase, cost of living increase, um, to exceed 5%. So. Um, that is going to be something that has to be remedied. Uh, also, just the the lack of uh, the hospitals we had expected, and they had expected a twenty percent um, increase. They haven't seen an increase of their for their rates for twenty eight years, I believe, and so they were given ten percent. But technically, it doesn't start until January. So this year, it's really only 5%. So the next year, FY25, we'll have to deal with a full 10% uh, when revenues could be down, and they're still 10% short. There's also um, $150 million of new projects. Um, some of your listeners would uh, better equate those to pork projects. Uh, these are projects that legislators, uh, um, you know, reach out to their legislative districts and ask for shovel-ready projects. Um, these are projects that uh, oftentimes don't even get funded for years. So back in 2019, um, we received member initiative dollars, uh, and that was spread around um, the House and the Senate, uh, Republicans and Democrats. And we in the, in the House Republicans in 2019 received $111 million to spread between, um, I think 50 some legislative districts. There's still an outstanding uh, amount of $41.8 million um, that is certainly a concern. Democrats also have old projects from 2019 that are yet to be funded. So why put on more new projects when we haven't even fulfilled old promises? So um, those are just a few of the concerns uh, that we found in there. And it really is about priorities and um, promises that we make. And it's really important. Uh, we're told from day one, our word is our bond. Uh, we take an oath. Uh, I don't. I don't believe that the intent of the majority of the the House and the Senate have uh, an intent to hurt. But sometimes our decisions made there um, do just that. And this budget will hurt some, and it will help some. Uh, where do you think the pain is going to come? Where are people? going to feel this in their either in their wallets or in the services that they get or don't get? I think the, the pain in the wallet will come in the future, uh, whether it's FY25 or 26 with the tax increase. But definitely, if our population continues to decrease, 
So if our tax base continues to decrease in Illinois, there's nothing to be done but raise the tax rate, right? So um, I think that piece will come in the future. Now, that being said, there are some um, increases in fees um, throughout, the, throughout the budget that some will feel here and there, but, but nothing drastic per se. I think uh, with some fees through the, the Secretary of State, um, obviously the gas tax again goes up July 1. Um, we, we're all experiencing that. Um, especially where I live and you can go across the river and, and get gas anywhere from 30 to 50 cents cheaper. Um, people are willing to just cross a bridge to do that. So so I, I would say that the tax piece of it, um, changing tax, like whether it's an increase in the income tax, increase in the sales tax, increase uh, and change or change completely. Um, the other side of the aisle is still not afraid of that graduated income tax even though our neighbors all around us have are, are going from a graduated to a flat tax um, to make it, uh, you know, that is the only tax that we have that's really not uh, regressive at all. Um, so, but services definitely, um, I think will have an issue. Another big concern when you are outspending your revenues, we have, um, Comptroller has built um, and has pushed extremely hard for this rainy day fund. And um, that has helped with our increase of our credit ratings. And I'm afraid that she will not have the power um, to protect that rainy day fund for true disastrous spending, it will be used to backfill a budget. And that's not what it's meant for. So I'm very concerned that that can happen. Um, we as the House Republicans, uh, were very careful to show our hand of what we wanted in the budget, because it was told, you let us know what you want in the budget. And uh, it could be, uh, for example, I said, will the $41.8 million for the past promise of 2019 be in this budget? And the response was, well, how many Republican votes are you going to put on it? And I was like, this is a past promise from 2019 when 20 Republicans made a deal to uh, for a capital bill and voted, 20 Republicans voted, and some of them are gone because of that vote. Uh, that they took to help build up their districts, um, that vote's already been taken. So it was real disingenuous to say that we were going to have to put more votes, especially um, when it was said, we want your leadership team to be voting. Um, and uh, my response was, well, you'll be having a different leadership team if we vote on a budget on a, on a cost that was already a past promise. So we were very careful um, but we were we were not uh, afraid at all to talk about our shared priorities between Republicans and Democrats, and that included uh, a past promise of the repeal of the franchise tax, which, thanks to the governor, uh, that was put in the start of it. Um, it's very delayed, um, but it's a start, and uh, you're going to see that now in. Um, 
the start of the repeal of that. And I hope that continues. That was an initiative from Leader Marin uh, back in 2019 and, and part of that deal. Um, the estate tax uh, is a shared priority. It was not any reform to the estate tax was not put into the budget, but I believe uh, a shared priority that we may see in the future. Uh, I consider a win that we were given the opportunity to have a subject matter hearing on that topic. So that's a start. So hopefully we can see that in the FY25-26 budget. Uh, another shared priority was the uh, expansion uh, or the extension of the R&D, the Research and De Development Tax Credit. Um, and that was uh, uh, taken by the lead of Representative Sosnowski. Uh, certainly hope for that extension. Um, and the, uh, I would say the most uh, popular in the press, the Invest in Kids program, uh, was another shared priority, which unfortunately, um, education is a priority of the governor. Um, but uh, there again, he left the, the legislator to legislature to decide um, whether or not we extend that sunset. Uh, we were very careful to get involved with that because um, uh, the advocates were working behind um, the scenes to negotiate that. And the moment Republicans uh, came forward and, and started fighting for that, um, that's when we knew it wasn't going to be in the budget. Uh, so we have to be very careful when there's important issues. Um, when there's only 40 out of 118 of us, we have to be very careful not to hurt the people that we represent. So those were some things that uh, we, we, we pushed for but we're hesitant to talk about um, things like energy cost tax credit uh, and then some public safety changes. Uh, and one of the things that is most abhorrent probably out of this session is the lack of ethics reform. It's such an obvious year, right? Well, and look, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that and, and the balance of power. You are listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. My guest is Illinois House Republican leader, Tony McCombie. Uh, and let, let's talk about that because you, you mentioned 40, 40 Republicans out of 118. It is, it is, it has been called a super minority uh, because your votes aren't needed to, to pass anything or even to withstand a, a veto. Um, is that not just part of the landscape uh, that th the fact that they're talking to you at all <laughs> is, you know, maybe some, uh, were, did you expect that they were going to be more cooperative and open than they were? Well, uh, I entered this position as the leader. Uh, I have been a state rep for six years. Um, Speaker Welch and I were uh, reps together, uh, politically disagreed, but able to have conversations uh, for the, the four years we served together in that capacity. Um, we're able to compromise on some um, issues, mandates for uh, education mandates. Uh, we were able to you know, compromise on some of those things, able to have lively, respectful debates on the floor. Uh, so yeah, Craig, I did go into this as the new Republican leader, even with 40 Republicans out of 118 in the House. 
which is a combination of, um, I would say, uh, many things, but probably the most prevalent was the remap. Uh, the remap uh, was uh, not a, a fair and transparent process, in our opinion. It, it was, as it always has been, done by, uh, drawn uh, and determined by the majority party. And I know there are states that have Republican majorities and probably are facing this same concern, but it is our belief as the Republican caucus that it should be an independent map. This map was drawn for 77 Democrats. Uh, they have 78. Uh, but that didn't deter me because the 40 representatives that we have, we represent parts of all 102 counties. The Democrats do not. The Democrats cannot say that, not even close. So yeah, I did naively believe um, that they would choose to include us uh, in conversation. And I will be honest. We did have good conversations with some of our colleagues across the aisle um, on several issues. Speaker Welch and I met um, and we agreed to do this every week while we were in session. We missed the two weeks of spring break. One week, we just couldn't make it happen. And unfortunately, the final week of session, probably the most important week. Uh, a lot of those conversations were not necessarily substantive, but um, me advocating to have a bill come forward um, out of committee or go to committee um, and, you know, real general information, always asking, especially starting in April, when are we going to talk about a budget? When are we going to talk about a budget? Because remember, Craig, we have the framework from the governor in February. So the governor writes the budget and then gives it to us to enhance or uh, destroy, right? And then he has to ultimately agree to sign it. So we had that framework. Um, the two budgeteers had had a couple texts about getting together. Um, it never came to fruition. Um, and then finally, the Monday before uh, the final week is, is really when kind of came crashing around the reality, uh, came crashing to me saying, we are not going to be at the table. Uh, and I was very disappointed, um, but continued. And when I was leaving, um, he said, I know you're very disappointed um, in, in this process and in me, um, just be patient, we're getting there. And, and I want to be, before we do uh, run short on time, uh, yeah. I want to ask about ethics because yeah. if anything, I mean, the entire upheaval in, in, the, in the house has been over ethics. What is your disappointment or, or where do we go from here? When yeah. are we going to get substantive ethics legislation? Well, I think the, the ethics issue is also our ethical behavior. Um, even just with one another. Uh, and, and ethics to me is about um, even how we deal with one another on a budget or an ethics or an education or any big topic, uh, we need to be transparent, we need to be open, and we need to be clear. <clears throat> with nothing being done again with ethics and the ethics reform that was done, 
um, was, was not sufficient to the point even that the uh, legislative inspector general uh, resigned her position kind of tells you that it was written poorly. Um, the, the revisions to the economic uh, interest statement and a lot of people that are probably listening to your show understand that they are no longer sitting on a non-for-profit board or uh, because it, the economic interest statement was became very cumbersome. But for us not to address um, just simple, simple things like legislators being lobbyists, it's crazy to think that I could be the mayor of my hometown, I could be a state representative, and I could be a paid lobbyist from my hometown all at the same time. Now, if anybody thinks that that's ethical, um, that that's an issue. Uh, we believe in uh, halting the revolving door. Uh, we believe obviously in ending pay to, uh, pay -to play politics. Um, the public service should certainly be over self-interest. And uh, one of the most important things is empowering the legislative inspector general um, to have subpoena powers so that the office can perform thorough corruption investigations. Um, these are very, very simple things that we can do. Um, they also need some cleanup language done on um, when and where and how we can fundraise. Um, that's unclear. Um, so there's some things that I hope they're gonna be discussing over the summer. And you, you mentioned things like fundraising and such. Um, how, do you, under the circumstances, build up the Republican ranks, and lest lest you have another disastrous election uh, and have to, you know, decide your future? Uh, what what can Republicans in the legislature do to strengthen their position? Well, we need more than forty. Uh, we need some more butts in seats. Craig is what we need. And well, and, and you know, that's how, how do you get how do you get folks excited? You know, so I, I have many Republican friends in Chicago and they're like, we don't vote because it doesn't matter here. Our, our voice is crowded out. And I, my head literally wants to blow off because, you know, per capita, there's a ton of Republicans um, or independents that are going to vote uh, for Republicans that are not voting because they feel their voice doesn't matter. Well, their voice matters in the rest of the state for sure. Um, so it's extremely important to for for me and um, our caucus to uh, one uh, get people to the polls and realize the importance of that. Maybe not uh, in some cases directly in their um, own backyard in bigger urban areas. Um, small communities certainly understand it because we have mayors that lose by one or two or five seats. Um, but even in House seats, uh, I think Tom Morrison lost by 37 votes. Um, we have some really close races, you know, so it's extremely important that every single person votes. That's one. So how do we how do we engage people to get involved in the process and have them know their voice matters? The other thing that's really important for for me, our leadership team and our caucus is to um, help people understand and get rid of the negative preconceived notions of what a Republican is. Uh, so that's extremely important. It's very simple for me. Um, I remember uh, walking a door and 
and uh, um, somebody had stated, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a Republican because I believe in the Second Amendment. And I thought that was so silly because I know a ton of people uh, who are crazy Second Amendment supporters that are Democrats. Um, it's, a, it's more of a geographic divide than it is uh, party. Am I not right? Well, I don't even know if it's that, Craig, because we have so we have so many folks in Chicago, and I would say single women um, or uh, single mothers that have gotten their FOID card and their CCL. Um, so certainly believe in the Second Amendment for their self-protection. They might, may not believe in the type of uh, firearm that we're able to own, but they certainly believe in the core value of the Second Amendment. I think that's across the board. Um, but I think that, uh, so the get rid of the preconceived, because when, when that person said that to me, I was like, oh, and she's like, well, why are you a Republican? I go, well, I believe in less government. And that's really the big piece for me. I, I don't want to carry folks on the government's toll from cradle to, to death. I, I want to help people lift them up so they can carry themselves. Um, so that's, that's, to me, the big difference. And the social issues we can talk about, um, and we could talk about all day long, but to, um, we, we need to work better at that and have those conversations. And, and that's one thing that I'm doing around the state. Well, that's going to have to be the final word. Uh, this has been a great conversation, and it, it better not be our last. We will we will definitely do this uh, periodically, I hope. But uh, well, I hope so. I hope so. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, well, we appreciate you giving us the time. Uh, that is House GOP leader Tony McCombie. Uh, and uh, for our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is WBBMnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 1059 WBBM. All star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.